Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm the host today, and I'm really excited that you stopped by for a few minutes to, to listen to our topic today, because if you've ever thought about owning a franchise, or have you maybe thought about franchising your family business? Yeah, either one of those. That might be something that you'll want to grab a a piece of paper and a pen because that's what we're going to be talking about today. Did you know that an average of 300 companies start franchising each year? Now, what that means is there's 300 new brands that are coming online every single year. And that means that, uh, that on more days than not, there's a new opportunity for prospective franchisees to explore. So if you are thinking about being a franchisee, let me tell you, the, there are so many industries that are using the franchise model as a means of distribution. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, a franchise is just a distributor. They distribute a service or a product under a brand. And we'll talk more about that later. Our guest today is Jason Power. He is the managing attorney for Franchise.Law. He helps new and existing franchisors grow their businesses while helping them understand their rights, duties, and obligations. Folks, if you're thinking about franchising your existing business, there's a lot you need to know. There is a learning curve for you. So this, this will be a great opportunity for you to learn some of that. Since 2009, Jason has spoken across the country at various franchise events. He was named Franchise Times Legal Eagle in 2018 through 2020. This is an award given to the attorneys who live and breathe franchising and who have an in-depth understanding of this sophisticated business model. Help me in welcoming Jason Power. Jason, welcome to the show. Hi, Linda. Thanks for welcoming welcoming me in. Absolutely. Great to be here. Sorry. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You know, when we talk about franchising being a sophisticated business model, it is just that. Jason, what attracted you to the franchise model? So back in 2009, um, I, had, I had been out of law school about a year, and uh, a friend of mine was actually doing franchise law. Uh, and you know, I was I was helping out a little bit here and there, and then next thing I know, I just kind of got engrossed in it. And I actually started off with helping people that were looking to buy franchises, those franchisees. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really enjoyed helping people, you know, realize what they really wanted to do, you know, fulfill their dreams of business ownership and helping people see things that, 
that they would have never thought. I remember working with uh, a guy who was a C-level executive and he was, you know, he was looking to get more involved with his family, you know, or helping out with kids in their sports teams. And he was just tired of working, you know, 80, 90 hours a week and never seeing his family. And I came in and I helped him read through a franchise disclosure document. And, you know, he was taking a big pay cut and everything, but he, you know, he told me six months later, he got his life back. He started, you know, he Mm -hmm. was actually coaching his, his son's, I think, little league team. And, you know, he and his wife were taking date nights. And I just really, I really got into helping people, you know, make, make, make their dreams a reality. And from there, I just kind of started working with franchisors and it's been, you know, about 11 years now and haven't looked back since. Can't, can't mm-hmm. see myself doing anything else uh, in the law right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is so much fun to help someone um, possibly get into an industry that they would never have considered before. Because what happens, I find, Jason, is that people really don't realize the industries that are represented in, as, as a franchise. So when you're working with someone, how do you go about working with finding out what their passions are and matching them? Well, uh, I don't match them with different franchises. So that's, that's a different area. That's, a, that's where a franchise uh, consultant broker uh, would come out, or, or I like to call them franchise matchmakers. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's where that type of industry comes out, where those, those groups, they will do personality profiles. They'll do long-term strategies with you, figure out, you know, what your disk assessment is from the personality side and really point out what type of business works best. Uh, but, you know, I, like you said, I see a lot of times people are in industries that they never thought they would ever see themselves in. I, I've seen – Somebody, you know, like the the example I gave, I saw somebody go from, you know, driving a, you know, making six figures a year with a corner office, driving a fancy car to, you know, now you know, driving around a truck with, you know, with their name on their shirt and, you mm-hmm. know, re- repairing, you know, air conditioners. And it, it's, it's a, it's a very good business to be in and it's a respectable business you know, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're doing. And, you know, it, it's really just what makes you happy and what can fulfill your goals. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's everybody needs to realize that, you know, your, your goals are not based solely on your bank account, you know, getting your life back, getting your family, uh, family back from, and, and being able to spend time with people you love. That's really what makes business worth, worth doing. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that during the last few months, for those that are listening uh, to this recording, this is August the 27th of 2020. And I don't think I really need to describe where we are right now. All I need to do is say, oh, it's been crazy. And we know. So I would imagine, Jason, that there are a lot of people that have been sitting at home and taken advantage, taking advantage of this pause. Are you hearing from people that are maybe rethinking what they thought their career was going to be? Yeah, this is you know, the last few months have really been big for people buying franchises. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that the last few months have been great for 
people, you know, that are operating their businesses because a lot of those non-essentials have, have seen their revenue really take a nosedive. But right now we're, we're actually seeing people buying franchises in, in droves that we've never seen in the past. Uh, people mm-hmm. are, you know, people were getting laid off from their businesses. They're, they're realizing that they don't want to go back and risk getting laid off again, or they want to, you know, they want to manage their own future. They've got, you know, 401k that they're, that they're trying to use to invest or, you know, the SBA is, is trying to help people out right now. So, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of people that they, they just would rather, they'd rather take ownership of their future than, than leave it in the hands of, of, of another company. Sure. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about how you help, um, you know, let's say a franchisor or someone that has that family-owned business and they're, they're, being, they're considering franchising it. So what, how do you help them? Where do you start with someone like that? Yeah, so that, that can be very difficult because, uh, as you're aware, there really is no test out there that says, should you franchise your business or is mm-hmm. your business franchisable? There's no, there's no checklist uh, that we can, that we, we can really go off of. So there's a lot of really investigation on the part of the attorney, or if they're working, if the business owners are working with some sort of coach, there's a lot of investigation there. And then there's a lot of soul searching uh, on part of the, on the part of the owners, because not only should you have, you know, a good, a good foothold in your market. You know, you, you want to be, you don't want to be open a couple of months and then franchise, although I've seen it done very successfully in the past. Uh, but you want to make sure that you've actually had some experience in your industry, that people in your area know your business, respect your business. And if possible, even, even have taken it to another area, whether it be on the other side of the city or another part of the state, because then you really know that it's going to work in different markets. Uh, aside from that, what we typically try to look at is what are, what are those business owners? What are their goals? You know, are they, are they in it just to make money? Are they in it to see other people, you know, be successful and make money and realize their dreams? Are they in it to, because they feel that their product or service is, is really crucial and that they can do it better than anybody else. And that the, you know, that the general populace really needs to experience that for everybody's benefit. We look at a lot of those factors. Uh, and then, you know, what we look at as well is really what are their finances? Because mm-hmm. we've seen so many franchisors, and I'm sure you've seen them as well, that mm-hmm. they start up and they're, they're just so undercapitalized. And they, they start getting out there and they just realize after a few months that they just don't have the money to – to keep pushing this along and ultimately ends up, it ends up hurting their, their family owned business as well. I and mean, we've right. seen a lot of them close. So we try to make sure that, that they've got at least a good financial position so that they can sustain, sustain the, 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 the growth and the, the finances that it's going to take over the first year or so. Well, and another thing that um, I, I think people don't understand Jason is that there is an expense to franchising. Oh yeah. This is not something that you just fill out one piece of paper and you're good to go. There is, there's quite the investment in becoming franchised and 
um, what are some of the areas that you help them with that maybe they didn't think they needed to needed to take care of or they didn't need to address when they started thinking about franchising? So we, we really help them understand the different costs because, you know, one, you've got legal. So, you know, most attorneys are probably charging somewhere between, you know, 20 grand and say 35, 40 grand. Uh, there's other companies out there that can help you with kind of an all-inclusive package where they do some of the marketing and some of the sales and everything. And, you know, you're going to get, you know, kind of a la carte pricing through them mm-hmm. for all the different, for all the different <laughs> portions uh, but we tell every we tell franchisors you've really got to be able to dedicate, you know, we say sixty to a hundred thousand yeah. in their first year because not only are they having to deal with the legal costs and you know le- legal is is definitely a necessity, uh, but they're going to have to make sure that they've got a trademark file because that's what gives the franchisees that sense of security that they can open up that business and not have to change the name six months down the road. But aside from that, you've got a lot of costs with, with sales. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. franchisees typically don't just, don't just fall in your lap. So you've got costs between your website, if you're using brokers, consultants, if you're doing uh, trade shows, even the virtual ones now have a, have a good cost associated with them. So there's a lot of cost there. And, you know, uh, Linda, if it's all right, I'll give you an example of, of, sure. a, of an issue that we just came up with in the last, in the last week or two, you know, we had, I, I hands down, the, this was one of the, one of the most lovely couples I've ever, I've ever met. These were some of the nicest people ever. And they, they got bad advice. Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't know who gave them this advice, but they were actually told that they didn't need a franchise disclosure document to franchise. Oh and my goodness. They, yeah. Can, I, I can't imagine somebody giving that, giving that advice, but somebody, you know, a few years back gave them that advice and they, they took it and they put together their own franchise agreement. And I, you know, I, I've got to say that, what they did, they, they put their heart and soul into it, and they, they love their franchisees. But I, I had to break it to them that you know, there's, just, there's too many issues here and that they were given bad advice. And the, you know, unfortunately, I've had to tell them what it's going to take to fix it. And it's, you know, it's really not cost effective because there's so many, there's so many issues that need to be corrected. And you know, we're doing everything we can to help them, but they they were just they were misinformed early on and because of that really were were not prepared as best as they could and now they're trying to come in and fix it so you know all of this up front ha- has to do with the quality of it, of advice you get from anybody including you know accountants CPAs all the way down to what's what's the quality of the work product that you're getting and you know if you don't have good a good foundation at the business level, a good team with you, you know, coaches, CPAs, attorneys, everybody, you know, you're, you're just setting it up for failure. Uh, so you right. got it. In, in this case, you know, cost, cost a lot of times is, is what, is what means quality. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get it. If you want to pay $5,000, you're going to get a $5,000 product in the end. And it's, and it's going to hurt a few years later. Right. Right. And, and above all of that, 
you have to have you have to have a product. You have to have something that supports the brand. And that includes the infrastructure for your new franchisees, whether that's a CRM, whether that's a credit card processing, whether that's the marketing campaigns. Um, there's all of that involved as well, isn't there? Yeah, it really, it, it really goes down to what is your unique selling proposition? Uh, right. You know, a cheese a cheeseburger is a cheeseburger you know whether you know whether it's flame broiled or or microwaved you know it's it's a cheeseburger is a cheeseburger but really how can how can you market it the, you know the one of the big industries right now is the water and mold remediation there's only yeah. so many ways that you can that you can do those services so mm-hmm. how do you really put a spin on it and what makes one brand more appealable than the than the other? So, mm-hmm. you've got to, like you said, you have to look at what their back office is. What it, what are this? What's the CRM that they're giving you? What's the marketing campaign look like? Really, you know, how are they? How is that franchisor helping their franchisees stand out in the sea of competition that's out there? Because you, you know, two businesses standing side by side, you know, identical with their offerings. But one one is flashier. One is has just a better marketing campaign. Is more well polished. They're going to get the business. And mm-hmm. you know those franchisors, those small businesses, they've really got to focus on how they set themselves apart. You know, mm-hmm. how is your pizza different than the other pizza? How is your you know mold remediation better than better than the competitors? And what's it going to take to get the customers to look at you first? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So just to dovetail on what we've been talking about, how a a franchisor um, supports their franchisees, let's talk about where we are these days. We're in the middle, well, we're in the pandemic. I don't know what phase we're in, but we're in the pandemic here. So how have you seen this pandemic, the lockdown, COVID-19, Whatever you want to call it, how do you how have you seen franchisors and franchisees be affected by that? Well, I don't, I don't know what you guys are like out there in Texas, but uh, I'm out here in in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, we're still at, we're in phase three. Uh, last time I last time I checked, and mm-hmm. you know we're we're seeing we're seeing some some big changes in how models are working, and across the country, I'm I'm talking with our clients about you know, how they can take things in a different direction uh, with their offerings. But, you know, I don't, I don't know about your experience, but we're still seeing, you know, the fitness industry is still being, is still being hit hard. There's a lot of costs right. involved because now they've got to, you know, they got to come in and make sure there's somebody there to clean everything. They can only yep. have so many people in at a time. So that's really going to, that's really struggling. Uh, I, I think that the biggest change I'm seeing are a lot of these restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of restaurants are changing their focus you know, for mm-hmm. the last four or five months, they've seen, they've seen, you know, the Grubhubs, the, you know, the DoorDashes, those types of services really spiking. So yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of these restaurants that are going to start focusing on delivery services or pickup services more so than anything else. And, um, you know, you and I had talked offline that there's several of these restaurants that are offering family meals. You know, you, right. That way you can come in now and get the same, the same good quality food, uh, but you're getting it as a, as a restaurant or as a family meal that you can take home and feed everybody and still be socially, you know, socially uh, distanced and proper in that mm-hmm. regards. But 
mm-hmm. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of that. These the service based industry is is really taking off in some areas as well. Though we've got a lot of these uh, businesses that have that have really pivoted to being uh, deemed essential. Uh, we work with one that's a fitness concept that they turned around and started offering um, almost like a camp and and modified childcare, and they've they've really seen that take off, and it's really helped them and their fran- the corporate and their franchisees offset some of their some of their losses in the last couple of months. So people are getting more and more innovative. I don't know what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, in fact, I just recently interviewed a boutique um, payroll processing franchise, and they were seeing a spike in their business because as small businesses start to have to um, pare down and, and um, eliminate positions, if they look at outsourcing opportunities so some of those outsourcing opportunities, one of the easiest ones to outsource is payroll. So it's interesting, the industries that have done well in this. So, Jason, if somebody is thinking about looking at a franchise, and what are some of the questions around the support that they would receive from the franchisor? How would they get? How would they better understand whether this is a franchise uh, that it has the strong leadership that can, like you said, pivot when something like this happens? Well, I think. Well, and actually, going back to a question you just mentioned, another industry that's been really doing well is staffing. A lot of people. Oh you know, are choosing not to go back to work. So staffing companies uh, seem to be doing pretty well, but, you know, touching on, on your question, I I really think one of the best ways to learn about a franchise's ability to pivot, uh, you know, in, in, in issues like we are, like we're having right now and just dealing with market fluctuations is not talking with the franchisor it's talking with those other franchisees because if you've got a, a franchise system that's got five, 10, 50, a hundred or more locations, those franchisees, they've been there for several years. They've seen mm-hmm. ups and downs in the market or they've seen issues in their States and they're going to be able to tell you, you know, in most cases, they'll tell you exactly what the franchisor has done to really help them. Uh, you know, I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of franchisors right now that, they they're putting the franchisees needs above their own by mm. you know redu- you know reducing royalties during this time period you know we're seeing businesses losing 80% well if the franchisor is still collecting 6 7% or in some of these brands they have a flat fee royalty of you know 500 1000 2000 a month that's going to cripple and possibly bankrupt a franchisee so right. you know I, I i think when you're looking at a franchise right now you really want to ask the franchisees and the franchisors how they've how they've weathered the storm in the last few months, you know, and what the mm-hmm. franchisor has done, what maybe some of their suppliers have done. Because you know, if you're still having to order from suppliers, you know, those suppliers are having a hard time keeping stock in. So, are mm-hmm. what are they doing? Is the, you know, is the franchisor have they researched other suppliers, um, you know, and what really, what is the franchise or doing to make the franchisees lives easier and help keep them open? 
Uh, and mm-hmm. then, you know, aside from that, you know, focusing on your own business, you've really got to talk to your landlord and find out what they're willing to do because people are vacating left and right right now. So, you know, a lot of landlords are willing to give some concessions. So Mm -hmm. not only can you get a benefit from the franchisor, but your landlord needs to see the value of your business and help you stay in it as well. Right. Right. And, and that's a real important topic as well, Jason is because um, with so many many businesses going out of business, having to shut their doors. I would imagine that we're going to see a, um, a large inventory of, of uh, commercial space. So many times I've seen franchisors that will help their new franchisees negotiate rates when it comes to finding a location. Is that something that you see as well? We have seen that, especially as uh, franchise systems get larger and get more regional or nationwide name recognition. They, they become more appealable to, to the landlords. Uh, but alongside that, what we're seeing now, uh, we know a lot of realtors across the country, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they, have, they have really been stepping up to help franchisee businesses because you're getting a lot of, you know, using restaurants as one of the simpler examples, you see a lot of restaurants that are going out of business. Well, right. by, when doing that, a lot of times the landlord has a, can have a lien against a lot of the assets. So right. you may have a franchisee who comes into a space that's pretty well built out. A lot of the equipment is there and they can get that for sometimes pennies on the dollar, if not, if not, less just because the landlord needs somebody in that space. So, you know, one, our, our big key people that we tell every franchisee that they need is one, the attorney two an accountant or CPA and three, they're a realtor because a good commercial realtor is going to, you know, the rental rates, they're going to, you know, possibly know a lot of the landlords and they're going to be able to find you space to lease that is, you know, many times going to help you so much right now. And, you know, I think in the next six months, you're going to see a lot of commercial space come available really cheap for franchisees. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of primo spots out there that um, you can get much cheaper than you could have six months ago. Jason, we need to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, do you have some more stories you could tell us? Oh, I could probably come up with one or two. (laughs) Very good. Well, folks, we'll be right back with more from All Things Franchising and Jason Power. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Just Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. All Things Franchising is the radio show that you've been waiting for. 
Whether you're looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle by growing your business, allowing you to experience some of the fun things in life, or if you are looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Linda Ballesteros is your host on All Things Franchising, where she interviews franchise experts from around the world. We feature top franchisers, franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, as well as others who support this fast-growing business model. Go to our Facebook and Twitter pages to listen to past shows and join the conversations on all things franchising. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Hey, folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're here today with Jason Power. So, Jason, when we broke for commercial break, I asked, do you have any more stories you could tell us? Well, you know, without without you know violating any any major confidentiality issues, uh, I think some of the some of the best you know things that we've encountered lately still involve you know really the COVID nineteen pandemic issue and uh, really talking about how franchisors you know like we talked about earlier have really have really pivoted and you know we've seen we've seen so many franchisors and we've got probably four or five that have really started embracing, you know, the virtual world, not virtual reality, but, you know, internet Mm -hmm. through, you know, the zoom conferences, the Google, the Google uh, conferences, really trying to take those from a service-based industry to, to help their customers and really keep, or, you know, keep in touch with their customers. Um, I've seen one client that they, they've restructured their entire, you know, half of their model to, be like you had mentioned earlier, a concierge type uh, type business where they're now coming to people's homes, and yeah, it's it's creating a lot more headache because we now have to have waivers, and you know if there's other people in the in the house that you know other customers that there's dangers that the that the franchisee may not be aware of, but you know I think that that's probably one of the one of the best positive stories that has come out of this pandemic is really focusing on how how people have innovated their businesses, which is, you know, what business is really based on in history is just innovating one thing after the other to make it better for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I always see where um, when there's a big challenge, that's when creativity steps in. Because as long as everything's running smooth, there is really no need to upset the apple cart, so to speak, or, you know, make any changes. But the minute that there is a challenge, it really makes you look at the way you've been doing things and how you could streamline it more. So I see more creativity coming into play during this time. How about you? Yeah, I do, and uh, I, I think that's that's across the board. Though, even you know, uh, uh, us as attorneys, we've spent a lot of the last few months trying to figure out how we can 
you know, better, better provide services to our clients or provide more services or with, you know, the way things are working in the, in the financial area right now and people out of work, what we can do to provide you know, different, different services for different types of people. And I think you're seeing that in, in franchising as well, where these, these franchises, these, these businesses that, you know, used to offer, you know, one thing are now trying to figure out how they can, you know, subdivide that so that it's more economical for customers, but still cost efficient for the, uh, for the business owner themselves. So I think, I think, you're going to see a lot of big innovations coming out of coming out of this in the next six to six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jason, at the top of the show, you talked about uh, how you're located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, is um, are you limited to who you can work with? So uh, only on only on some state law issues. Uh, we work with in the franchising uh, space, which is primarily governed, as most people know, by, by federal rules, the Federal Trade Commission's rules. So we're able to help on some, on some issues really nation, nationwide. Uh, if we ever have to get involved on a state legal matter, uh, we've got a lot of you know, friends and colleagues in the legal space uh, all around the country that we, that we touch base on. I was on, the, I was on the phone today with a colleague down in Florida for an issue. Uh, I was on the phone yesterday with somebody out in California to help with our clients. So in, in the world of franchising, the legal, the legal realm is, is pretty friendly and we, we tend to counsel, co-counsel with other attorneys a lot mm-hmm. to be able to focus on areas that, we, that are that strengthen ours or that uh, we need help with in different states. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if we can't help you, we definitely know somebody that can. Sure. Sure. If somebody's listening now, Jason, and they think, well, do I franchise my business? Um, You know, what do I need to do here? And they just need to talk it out. How would they get in touch with you? How would they reach you and find out more about you? Yeah, we've got no problem talking to somebody. And, you know, I I will do my best to actually talk them out of franchising and let them Mm -hmm. let them kind of talk themselves into it in that case. So um, I've got no problem talking with somebody and giving them, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, an hour of my time to really make a difference in their lives. Uh, they can reach me direct or directly. My phone number is 980-202-5679. Uh, or if they want to reach me by email, uh, they can email me at Jason, J-A-S-O-N, at franchise.law. So instead of .com, it's .law. So uh you know, we were we were very proud of getting of getting that URL. It really sets us mm-hmm. apart. Yeah, definitely. And your website? Uh, our website's just as easy. You can type in franchise.law, and you'll go straight to our website. We have a lot of great resources for people that are looking to franchise as well. We we go in depth on different state laws uh, that are applicable to franchising. And uh, we're we're slowly trying to roll out some some data about uh, really checklists on what you should be looking for if you're ready to franchise. You know, do you have that operations manual at least in, in theory? You know, where is your what is your accounting looking like? Do you have you know connections with vendors for different products and supplies? Uh, we're we're rolling some information out soon about uh, really kind of self-analyzing your own business. Mm-hmm. Very good. 
Well, Jason, we're getting down to the end of the show, and I've got those final three questions. The first one is, if there's and some of this you may have covered already, if there's someone uh, listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for this process? I think there's a couple of things that somebody looking to buy a franchise can really do to prepare is, One, make sure you've got your finances in order. Make sure you understand really what you can spend, uh, not just on that initial franchise fee, but what you can can afford for the next six months to a year while you're getting the business up and running. Uh, The next thing, and by far one of the most important, is read the franchise disclosure document. Mm. That franchise disclosure document, uh, it it has a lot of great resources in in the beginning in what they call the item. And in those items, it's going to show you, uh, you know, brief history about the franchisor. It's going to show you what your investment is est- is estimated to be. And then also included within that franchise disclosure document is your franchise agreement. And that's your contract with the franchisor. That's, that's what is really going to govern the legal side of your relationship. So we tell everybody, you really have to understand that document and, Aside from that, it's really talking to those franchisees. They're going to be a wealth of knowledge for you and doing whatever you can to visit with the franchisor. Uh, We really like seeing franchisors that do what's called discovery days where Mm -hmm. they invite you out. They let you see, they let you see what kind of a day in the life of a franchisee is going to look like, talk to the management team, that type of thing. Those are, those are really some of the biggest things to, to really do before you buy a franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good advice. The next question here is, what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Oh, that's a that that that's a big one. Uh, really, it's it's the ability to work with others, and, and I know that kind of sounds like you're you're in high school talking to a guidance counselor. Uh, it's the ability to work with others, being one of the one of the biggest, because as a franchisee, you're you're alone, but you're not by yourself. You know, you are, mm-hmm. you are your own business owner, but you're part of a bigger team. You know, you've got the franchisor backing you. You've got the other franchisees backing you. So you've really got to have that mentality that it is my business, but I have support if I need it from people that are, are doing the same thing that I am. And the next thing, the second biggest thing is a, is a drive to succeed. You know, some of the mm. best innovations in the history of franchising have come from franchisees. Franchisees are given some of the best things out there that have improved systems. And if you don't have that drive to succeed, whether you're a business owner or a franchisee, you know, in or out of a franchise, uh, I think you're doomed to fail. So I would, mm-hmm. I would really recommend that those are two big traits that you've got to have. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that there are going to be issues along the way. I don't care whether it's an um, a seasoned franchisor that you're working with or, um, you know, an emerging brand. There will be some issues. And just learning how to work through those things makes a big difference, makes a difference as to whether you succeed or not. Yeah, it's just like business relationships and personal relationships can be very similar in that case, you know. Your marriage is going to have its ups and downs, so is, or so is your business. Uh, your business relationships are going to be the same way. And 
the successful ones are the ones that are able to to figure out how to come together and how to make how to make the everybody in the relationship better in the end. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? Oh, if you had asked me that question six months ago, I'd have had a completely different answer. <laughs> Isn't the that future, the truth? Yeah. <laughs> The future of franchising, you know, franchising will never go away. That That's a fact. It's been around so long. It makes up so much of the economy that it, it's never going to go away. But with recent events, I think that franchising is going to, is going to see just a major shift. And really nobody knows what to expect in that. But I think you're going to see a lot of, a lot of businesses going home-based or, you know, small, small office spaces, you know, those co-working spaces. So mm-hmm. uh, I think really right this second, that's the direction that we're going to see. And uh, I, there's nothing on the horizon that, I, that I've seen too much of, but I think a lot of regulations might come out uh, in the future about, you know, occupancy and businesses because we're going to see, you know, we're going to see viruses come and go again. So I think we're going to see a lot of occupancy issues with, with business spaces and other regulatory changes, but uh, I haven't seen anything yet, but that's just, that's kind of my theory on the matter. Sure. Sure. Very good. Um, Jason, one more time, if someone wants to find out more about you, um, talk to you about franchising in general, how would they reach you? Sure. So they can reach us through our website, which is franchise.law. They can reach me by phone at 980-202-5679, or they can email me directly at jason at franchise.law. Wonderful. Jason, thanks so much for being on the show today. And we need to bring you back in a few months to see how uh, how things have changed. Thanks a lot, Linda. I, I look forward to coming back. Yes, absolutely. So folks, you know, we this is just another way of educating you on franchising. Um, I, I believe, just like Jason said, I believe that model is here to stay. And if that's something you want to tap into, if you want to leverage that business model instead of starting something from scratch, you need to educate yourself because as, he, as um, I said in his intro, this is a sophisticated business model. It is, it is not something that you take lightly. There's documents. There, you, an, an attorney needs to help you with this. So it's not like starting your own lemonade stand. You, have to, you really need some help with this. So as always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. This is by Walt Disney. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So maybe you just begin, uh, need to begin educating yourself. Maybe that's the first step. Thanks for co- joining me today on All Things Franchising, folks, and I'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.